Welcome to the reprogram, where we reveal and heal the programs our nervous system picked up along our lives to protect us, where our children's improved behavior is a byproduct of the safety we've reclaimed in our bodies, where we use neuroscience to bring us back to love, where we bravely heal ourselves so our children don't have to. Intergenerational trauma ends with us. I see you. I'm with you. I am you. Let's reprogram together. Okay, everyone. I'm so excited to have Katie Wells here. Hey, Katie. Hi, Anne. Good to be here. Ah, you guys. Okay. So I met Katie a few years ago and, and then I reconnected with her in the last year and found that she has created this incredible community called the Maximalized Minimalist Podcast. Her Instagram has over a hundred thousand followers. She is speaking the truth to all of us mamas living in homes, right? Like consumed by our clutter and trying to get free, which is always the through line of everything we're doing, right? Like, mm -hmm. and she is just such an incredible, passionate voice for this community to get to know because we're all parenting in our houses. <laughs> and we need to, we need her to help us figure out how to get free of, of the hijack that happens with our things. So Katie, I'm so glad to have you here. Why don't you start telling us about kind of your story and your mission, what you're here to do? I don't know if I know that answer yet, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm still learning, but, um, what's up everyone? Like, Anne so graciously announced I'm Katie Wells. I'm the host of the Maximize Minimalist podcast. And, um, in 2015, I became a mom, like a lot of your listeners actually became a mom the same year, I think. Right. Cause my son's about eight and a half is your daughter. Yes, eight and a half too, yes, right? Yeah. Yes. So, all right. Lots of parallels between mm -hmm. us as well. And, and that was a time in my life, you know, through identity loss and trying to figure out who I was after becoming a mom, which I was not expecting, right. I had all the parenting books and like how to change the baby's diaper, but I was like, what is happening in my world? <laughs> I feel like that really brought to light a lot of clutter issues, right? Because when we bring in another human being into our home, naturally more stuff is going to come in. And, um, you know, it really magnified a clutter problem I already had probably on an individual basis. And my husband as well, add in more human beings. I mean, it's just a recipe for disaster. And so at this point in my life, I was just really struggling. I mean, I had a lot to be grateful for. I had my health. I had a business at the time here in town with my husband. Yet every day I woke up and I was depressed. I had this chronic anxiety and this stress and it never went away. Whether I was at work or at home, I just felt like there was no refuge. I had no safe space. And after a while, and you know this, you teach this, my nervous system was zapped. I was like exhausted. I had fatigue. I couldn't think clearly. And I was struggling. And in, um, 2016 or 2017, I mean, in November, actually, ironically, Black Friday, a day where everyone goes out to buy a bunch of <laughs> shiitake, as you say, that they don't need. Yes. Grab the sales. Um, it was one of our first days we got to spend together as a family because we were working so much, my husband and I, and I was just so excited. I'm like, great, we're going to get out of the house. Maybe I'll feel better. And within minutes of leaving our home, the four of us were in our car, me, my two and one-year-old at the time. And we were hit in a 
car accident head on by someone who had ran a stop sign. And my husband was very injured. We didn't know if he was going to survive. And I'm telling you what, this was at a time where, to put it lightly, I was at my rock bottom. But now (laughs) I don't know if I'm going to leave the hospital with my husband later in the day. And it was tragic. And it was one of those experiences where I just said, God, just show me the goodness. What can I do? What can I change? How can I live differently? Um, Because this is going to be hard, whether he survives, you know, is he going to make a full recovery? Is he going to be able to lift his kids again, play again, work again, drive a car again, right? Um, Or, you know, the worst happens. And luckily, uh, miracles happened. My husband survived. Now, years later, he's made a full recovery. But in those moments after the car accident, I realized like I needed to show up for my kids and I wasn't able to do that already because of the stuff, the clutter, the distractions, the to-do list, the chores, the laundry, the toys, everything. And it became so crystal clear in that moment in this hospital waiting to see what was happening that it was very clear to me whether the worst happened or not, I needed to get a handle on my environment. I needed to get that stuff out because I needed to focus on my kids. And uh, I came home with my good friends who were at the hospital after that experience. And, you know, like a lot of us, when we get that call from a friend, even if it's a good friend, I feel like we like panic clean. We're like, oh my gosh, I have to look like I have my stuff together, my home. I have to shove everything behind a door. Well, I didn't have that opportunity. I was at the hospital all day. And my friends came in my home. And they really saw it for what it was. And I felt so vulnerable, right? They saw my mess. They saw I wasn't perfect. They saw I was struggling, right? It was very clear. And that's okay, right? It is hard to be a parent and raise kids. Like there was rice on stuck on the floor from three dinners, you know, before that day. That's That was my reality. That was my <laughs> yes. season. Yes. And the shame I felt was so overpowering because I felt like there it is. Everyone knows now, you know, I'm a fraud. (laughs) And then I got even more, that fire in my belly to simplify my life got even bigger because now I'm like, this emotion is detracting me from focusing on my husband, helping him heal. Again, showing up for my kids as a single parent for the next three, four, five, six months as my husband is in surgery and in PT and all these things, bedridden, literally. And I said, I never want to feel this way ever, ever again in my life. And that fire literally within 24 hours was raging and Mm. all my excuses fell to the wayside. I was working multiple jobs. I, you know, 60, 70 hours a week, two young kids and sleepless nights, all the things that had kept me stuck in the past. I don't have the right method, the checklist, whatever. None of it mattered anymore. Um, However, I hit a lot of roadblocks along the way and realized like, there is a way we can make this practical and sustainable for busy parents and families. And I feel like over the years has cracked the code. It changed my life. It changed my motherhood, my relationship with myself, my kids, my time, my energy, my stress levels, my clutter induced stress and anxiety and depression really were like a cloud lifted. And I said, I need to share this with the world. So podcasts, YouTube courses, all the things later. And it's just, still that that fire in my belly is still raging and it's so deep and I just I love seeing how people's lives transform from something as simple as getting rid of their crap 
It's a powerful thing. Oh my God. What a beautiful, oh, what a beautiful story. And have you heard the term, your mess is your message? Yes. Yes, I have. Absolutely. There's definitely so many parallels and like reflections in our home, right? Like your home is a reflection of what's happening internally. I think in some certain circumstances, that's absolutely true. Uh, We shove things behind a door and shut it because we don't want to face it. We do that with our emotions and our thoughts all the time, right? Well, at some point we're going to be paying for that. And I think you're absolutely right. It's the, the symbolism there is not something to ignore. Oh, and well, and it's funny the way you took that too, like the mess is giving you a message, right? Is that, mm-hmm. but I'm thinking too, your message as a human to give to the world, your mess, like literally that experience, the convergence of all those factors that led you to this insightful, like life-changing pivoting moment is the message for you to give to the world too, right? Because we all think, I, we all think I'm not worthy or I, you know, I'm, I'm not as good as that person. We have imposter syndrome. We have all these shame stories that are not real that we're getting rid of now, you guys. We're getting rid of them. But yes. that is, there's beauty in that because we have to like go to the depths to really see with clarity, right? And thank yeah. God everyone was safe. And, but I know that it pulled together some, some insights for you that, that now we get to benefit from truly, really, you are doing such important work. Thank you. I, I, I love it. So I'm excited to talk with you and your listeners today about, you know, the impacts of clutters, how that impacts us, our relationships, our mental health and beyond. You guys, Katie and I will go for lunch and we're just like, how much more time do we have? Can we have <laughs> just a few more hours? Because Katie is so insatiably curious like me and so well-read and is completely tying the mental health piece, the nervous system piece, the intergenerational impact piece, right? Oh, yeah. And is and is so well-read and so studied and pulling those pieces together. And we just nerd out so hard on, you know, how this like phase of life we find ourselves in homeowners, wives, mothers, you know, friends, women in business, how it's all, all connected. So, you know, what, what I would love for you to talk about too, is you're, you have a a very successful course where you do group coaching and you get very in-depth. She's basically a therapist, you guys. I mean, come on. (laughs) Clutter therapy, but my disclaimer, I am not a licensed mental health professional, you know, yes, yes. But so you, you see into the depths of people, right? And so tell us what common threads you see mom struggling with. So we can all feel less alone in what we're struggling with because I'm sure they're all the same things. A few off the top of my head, I mean, perfectionism runs rampant in our culture um, that can cause us to constantly acquire, right? If we are wired to want to appear perfect at all times, we are going to be a lifelong customer of Mm. any item that's going to make us feel more perfect. A new top, a pair of shoes, a new whatever skincare product. We are constantly going to be like, what else can I get, acquire to feel, look, be a certain way. And then there's like the perfectionist, like I need to do it all a certain way. And when we have that perfectionism, when it comes to our home, when that outcome is doesn't match what we're hoping for. There's so much shame and resentment that come up. And um, 
you know, interestingly, it kind of becomes like an avoidance tactic. I don't want to feel failure. I don't want to, you know, feel shame. So I will avoid it. Or unless I can do it perfectly, what's the point? I'm not going to do mm -hmm. it. So mm -hmm. if my countertops don't stay clear, if my kids are going to come home and bust the toys out after I put them away, what's the point? And so it can kind of swing so many different ways with perfectionism. And then also shame is such a common thread in our culture with what, whether it's parenting or, you know, the, the tidiness of our homes. I think, I think especially in a day and age where everyone, so many people are online and we're subjected to all these like curated, highly curated picture, perfect Pinterest pictures and influencers homes and all these things. And at some point, right, subconsciously, our brain is like, well, you're not showing up. Look at your toys on the floor. Well, you, you think you're a good mom? Your kids have food all over their clothes. Like uh, you can't even keep up with laundry, right? These are the messages we are subconsciously receiving when we're spending our time in certain places. And that mm. shame, it just, it comes from so many different places, lived experiences, learned things from our family. If we were, you know, raised by a parent who made us feel bad for being inherently messy or not being able to keep up with the mess or not doing it their way, then that's going to impact how we view things, our relationship with stuff, how we interact with it and our subconscious and conscious narratives that we have with it, right? Again, we this, this goes deep. <laughs> this is why we have five hour long conversations. Yes. It's all the same thing, you guys, just different details. Yes. Yeah. And so being able to release, and this is me too. I struggled with perfectionism, right? I didn't want my friends to see me as anything other than perfect. I had the smile painted on my face every day. Everything's fine. <laughs> I love motherhood. It's all roses and unicorns. When deep down, I'm like dying inside. Like I just want to tell someone I need help. <laughs> But I didn't know. I didn't know to ask for support. I didn't know these things that for some people might come more naturally. But uh, so I think overcoming those things and trying to identify if that's a pattern and a potential root reason for why you have clutter to begin with is so important. It's funny because the other day I was thinking I was driving in the car and I got hit with like a lightning bolt thought. And the thought was decluttering is not the answer. And then I was like, but wait a second, I'm a declutter coach. <laughs> I knew where that thought came from, right? We have to get to the roots, why we have it in the first place. And this is such an undervalued, under-discussed topic in my mm. niche, right? Mm -hmm. It's go buy, go spend thousands or hundreds of dollars at the container store, your life will be solved, right? Your toy clutter, all the things will be solved. We've all done that. It doesn't work. Yes, it might look pretty for a photo or an Instagram. Or aesthetically, yes, it might look good. It's not the solution for 99.9% .9 of people. Mm -hmm. Strategies, mm -hmm. checklists, Marie Kondo, all these different all these methods can be really helpful, but if deep down you are stuck in scarcity, if you are have perfectionistic tendencies, if you are uh, feel, if you believe that more things will make you happier, you will constantly be decluttering to reclutter, and that oh, is such yes. a painful place to be. One step forward, two steps back. Right, we've all been there, and mm. um, so I would encourage your listeners to just take some time and reflection. Why, why, why does this clutter exist? What is my stuff trying to show me and tell me? How can I learn from it? Because we can, believe it or not. Oh my God. I mean, you are the absolute 
best around this topic, Katie, because, and we're so similar in our little spheres because you're, we've seen, we're in the age of information. We have access to so many images, my God, right? Like, and ideas, and it's all cognition. It's all in our brain and it's all yes. battling against the beliefs we have stored in our bodies from our lived experience, right? About what makes me good and what makes me shameful and how can I shape shift yes. and control and contort and consume to present to the external world, this idea that I am worthy of safety and love essentially, because that's what we're all seeking in all of these unconscious ways. Right. Yes. Oh, it's just so deep, but it's so important because, you know, I, this idea that I will only be happy. I will only be worthy if my house looks like this, if my body looks like this, if my kids look like this, if we have this, if we don't, you know, that is a losing game. And I played it too. I absolutely played it. You know, it really struck me, um, Katie, too, that idea of these images, my God, right? And the brain believes what it's told. Yes. And when I became a mother, also around eight years ago, I you know, beauty was king in my upbringing. It was the most important you mm -hmm. know, marker of a woman from my experience, like my lived experience. That was just so, so important to, to me because it was important to my people. Right. And so I want to be really transparent and vulnerable around the fact that when I had my daughter and someone took a picture of me in the hospital bed, I was very like literally the day of her birth. I was comparing myself to the beautiful Instagram women that looked gorgeous with a blowout and perfect skin and no weight gain. Mm. And I felt shame about myself from day one about a, being a mother because of some unconscious comparison I was doing. Mm. And ever since I became a mother, like you said, it has been this unraveling and uncovering of all of these shadow parts of me, all these deep, mm -hmm. dark parts of me that I picked up along my life that are in conflict with my values. Yes. As a mother, like all that I intend to do as a mother and, and I am mothering a little girl. So it's even more, even more projection and even more, you know, feeling aligned with me reparenting myself in real time with her and what I don't want to give her that was given to me. Um, it is so important to know that that is natural, normal, and it also is something we can get free of, right? When we, but it starts with awareness. It starts with understanding. This is all just a game that the consumer culture is playing so that they will benefit financially. It's the capitalist consumer culture we live in yeah, and it's our primal protective nervous system, right? It's yes. the old and the new, right? It's, it's this old system that says, oh, we have to be worthy of connection and this is what it is. And so we better consume, contort and control ourselves so that we get to become that thing. Very and, much so. Right? Yeah. I've, I, I remember feeling like it was just this never ending game of football, mm. right? Like imagine, is it like a receiving end? I don't know. I'm not a, uh, clearly not like a football <laughs> fan, but so I, it's funny because I don't know why this is always like my go-to thought because I'm not like, oh yeah. yeah. So let's just say <laughs> you're receiving the ball on the field. You're 15 
yards from getting a touchdown and sure. like charging. You got the black paint on your face, you know, like, oh yeah, and going to get the touchdown. Now imagine the touchdown, the goalpost keeps moving further and further away mm, as you're running mm. toward it, right? We are in this never ending game. That goalpost for you might be, oh, perfection, right? Youth, beauty, a perfect home, a perfect partner. I'll win. I'll be happy when, you know, da, da, da. and it's just, it's exhausting. And going back to that values piece, I did want to hit on that because that was really one of the first things I recognized throughout the declutter process. I was so unhappy in my life, depressed, anxious, resentful. So mm. resentful toward my family for making messes, for doing what human beings do. We live, we breathe, we make messes. Yes. Messes are a sign. They aren't bad. Why is mm -hmm. mess mm -hmm. bad, right? Mm -hmm. It's not. Mm -hmm. So I had to rewrite that. Messes are uh, side effects of love, gathering, connection, creativity, mm. play, all these important things in life. So why is it like we got to hide our mess? We have to appear perfect. Mm. But anyway, I realized I ended up on a completely different mountaintop in life, anxious, depressed, focusing on all the wrong things, trying to like buy my way into a happier life and buy my way out of a stressful and happy, depressed life. Oh my God. Yes. Because I wasn't following my North star. I didn't know what my core values were. Mm -hmm. And I did a basic exercise. If you look for like Brene Brown's value exercise, Google, right. it. she's got some free worksheets I did years ago. And I was sure. like, so values are our ethical GPS that help us navigate through life. We used to have MapQuest back in the 90s that printed <laughs> off 8,000 sheets so you could go two miles, right? <laughs> Remember that? Yes. That's yeah. what values do. Now we have Google Maps and right, we have all these things that make it a little more simplified, a little digital, less clutter. But I was like, oh, this is how I ended up in, on this mountaintop. I want to be over there. Mm. And so once I identified my core values, it made the decision-making so much easier. Does this align with my core values to go buy stuff on Amazon every day when I'm feeling stressed? No, it doesn't. Yes. So I'm mm -hmm. not going to do it anymore. And obviously it wasn't that easy as a shopaholic, essentially. However, mm -hmm. it made things, it gave me clarity mm. and that's what we need, right? Do you want a simplified home so you can show it off to your friends and like, wh what's the end goal here? What's your, what's your purpose? What's your big why? It's, it's important because the declutter process is lifelong and it's that lifestyle. Just like you don't eat a salad for a weekend, declutter for a weekend, get your one year purge. You feel better. Maybe you feel satiated and like, oh, my stomach feels good after that salad. And then don't eat a salad and any vegetables for the next year, right? Sure, like that sure. once a year purge isn't really going to do much. And dialing into how you can make things habits and just implement systems and get your family on board and dial into the roots. I mean, there's so many different things, ways we can go about talking about it. But um, I just want to share that it is possible to simplify and you don't have to go full minimalist. You don't have to only have two t-shirts and one pair of shoes. That was an idea I had in my head. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, I don't want that. And great. Make minimalism, simplification, whatever adjective insert here, how you want it to be and make it true for you and your lifestyle and your family. That's all you mm -hmm. need to do. You don't need to live. It's kind of like replacing I see a lot of people make it this like achievable status. Oh, I'm a minimalist. And how many, I want to be a minimalist. So how many, you know, 
what beige tops pants do I have? can I yeah. own? Can <laughs> yeah. I wear color? Minimalists only wear black, so I guess <laughs> I have to wear black now. You're just trading in one thing for another. Sure. Or whatever. Louis Vuitton for like your black label-less shirt. It's all the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's all things. It's all things. So I think being able to write that vision for yourself, but starting with core values was invaluable and remains invaluable in my life. I mean, we make 35, what, 35,000 decisions every single day, most of them subconscious. You have to know where you're going or you're going to end up like me where you don't want to be. And it's not fun. And Mm. if you have any listeners out there who are like, well, I'm on that mountaintop. I don't want to be there. You can get back. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We talked about this on my show. You can create a new path to get to the mm-hmm. mountaintop you do want to go to. And Truly. it doesn't have to be drudgery. It doesn't have to be painstaking. It doesn't mean it won't be challenging at times, just like doing the work mm-hmm. and working on our nervous system and rewiring our brains. But mm-hmm. the benefit is a completely different lifestyle, completely different life. And all mm. the things I think so many of us want happiness, contentment, joy. <sighs> presence. Let's talk about presence for a minute. Uh, so you're, you're always pulling research and hard evidence around the impact of mm-hmm. our clutter and our moving around of the objects. So how many hours, what is that study from Harvard? How many hours a week does the typical house owner runner slash mother slash us spend on their clutter? And then when they declutter, how much extra time do you get in a week? Tell us about that. So the study suggested that on average, simply by decluttering your home, you can save up to about 40% of your time each week in household chores. So I went and I was like, well, what would that actually look like? I think it was like 35-ish hours a week. So a full-time job doing Mm. all things house-related, whether it's outside, inside, garden, dishes, laundry, all the things. And so that's over an hour. I think it was over an hour a day or something. I should redo my math. I'm horrible at math. Uh, But that's so powerful. Think about, you know, in a time where it's hustle culture, I just need to be more productive. What planner do I need to be more efficient and save time? It's like, no, no, no. All you need to do is invest your time in something where you have a return on your investment. And there is no better thing than decluttering and simplifying I mean, it bleeds into every aspect of your life, including your time, energy, and so many other resources. And so Mm -hmm. when people come to me and say, Katie, listen, I'm on board. I heard your episode with Anne. I want to declutter. I feel inspired, but I'm busy or whatever. You know, I have three jobs. I just, I'm so tired. I'm fatigued. I don't have the energy. Five minutes in, you get five, you get, you know, hours back. Yes. So don't underestimate little amounts of time. Every time you put something in, you're gaining something, even in the short term, you get short-term benefits. So it's not like, oh, you have to wait three months of solid decluttering to feel to feel better or to notice benefits. You can declutter, go grab a trash bag right now as you finish out this episode. As a listener, you will feel better after you are done. I can promise mm. you, you're going to feel lighter. You're going to be like, oh yeah, I, I do feel better because when we declutter, it gives us it gives our brain an opportunity and I think a realization where we feel in control. Mm. And so many people feel out of control. I don't even mm-hmm. watch the news. I haven't watched the news for years. I know some people are like, well, that makes you naive or silly, but I don't do it very intentionally because of my mental health. I get snippets. You know, I understand the, 
big things or whatever. Sure, 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 sure. But everything feels so out, outside of our control. A lot of mm -hmm. it is outside of our control. Mm -hmm. Now imagine we don't even feel in control in our home because there's right. clutter, there's stuff, there's piles of stuff saying, Anne, 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 mm -hmm. you need to tackle me, Anne, 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 right? It's annoying. We get annoyed. Mm -hmm. And so that offers hope just by getting rid of five things or filling a little trash bag. Like, oh yeah, I can do this. I can gain control of my home, even if I have young kids, even if I am in a season of life where it might be more challenging than if I'm, if or when I'm an empty nester and have more time and I'm retired or whatever. So did it answer your question? Oh, so there was that study. So 40% yes. of the time. Another one I wanted to share, this was done a long time ago, I think in 09, a UCLA study observed 32 families and found that all the mother's stress hormones spiked during the time they spent dealing with their belongings, looking for stuff, managing stuff, putting it away, taking it out, putting it where it doesn't belong, only I'd have to handle it again later, right? Long-term, long-term, right? Elevated cortisol can result in structural changes in our brain. And mm -hmm. this can cause long-term sensitivity to stress. We talked about resiliency when you were on my podcast, right? Mm -hmm. We need to become resilient <laughs> in life. <laughs> and when we're bombarded with constant stress in and outside of the home, maybe you work in a cluttered environment, you know, in your workspace, your office desk, whatever. And over time, if that cortisol never comes back down, you don't get a relief or refuge from it, it can lead to a whole host of mental and physical issues, fatigue, weight gain, acne, more stress, depression, anxiety, all these different things. And so I think that's a really important science-backed study to bring up because sometimes it's like, oh yeah, I understand like clutter stresses me out, but it's probably doing a lot more damage than we realize. And is that the, the viral reel that millions of people latched onto. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm, Clutter mm -hmm. induced anxiety is a very real thing. Anytime I used to walk into my house after, you know, we should want to come home. Goodness gracious. <laughs> I've had I students who were like, after they started working with me, they're like, oh, I, now I understand why I always would go grocery shopping five days a week after work before I came home. Right. I was avoiding my home. Mm -hmm. I wanted to spend time with my kids, but I always was like, oh, I'll go to the grocery store and walk down the aisles and, you know, just delay that feeling of walking through the threshold of my door, the shame scripts, the I'm a terrible this script, all the things coming up, all the chores screaming at me. I don't want to face that. Right. Holy cow. That's deep. Oh, yes. And it, and it reminds me, it's so parallel to parenting. I mean, so much of what we're doing is same story, different details, because mm -hmm. when we put more intention and focus, I think of it as like, okay, you're learning French. It takes a lot of effort in the beginning. It takes a lot. You have to really think about every little decision you're making, but in time you automatically speak French. Right. And so when we put more intention around our response to our children and, and, and gain more of an awareness of what's actually happening and change our patterns and programs so that we can provide safety through our relationship, we're no longer in the, on the struggle bus, on the treadmill, surviving and responding to meteors being thrown at us left and right. We mm -hmm. feel more in control of our lives, which makes us feel yes. safe, which decreases that stress response. And we also get to free up our family life for what we value, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of just 
struggling, struggling, going, going. And, and I love that. I think that's, that's what you really clarified for me in your content. I've officially been influenced. Actually, I'm really proud of myself. My, my puppy, she was on a lot of things and my parents saved like the Berenstein Bears dolls that I was given when I was five, right? Like 1986. And she's been chewing on Papa Bear. And honestly, Katie, I thought I, I let go of that. Like, why do I need to keep that? I love, I love the Berenstein Bears. The experience was the most important thing. She can, mm. she can have this, like, like, will I ever, my through line when I'm throwing away things is, will I ever think about it again? If I never see this again. Mm. And Good usually one. the answer is no. Yeah, correct. Right. And it's just an object, but I've been getting more and more free from my attachment, right. To mm-hmm. what the things mean and feeling like I'm only safe or okay if I keep them, which is the freedom you're talking about, right? Like we have to internalize so that we're applying it constantly to our day-to-day life instead of like a short-term intervention, so to speak, and then not being able to sustain it. But I love what you said around when we free up that extra time through this like deep decluttering process. So we're not just being so taken down by our things, we free up our life for presence. For you, it's spending Mm -hmm. time with your children. It's going out into nature, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, tell us about what you have gained in your experience, right? As a family from getting on top of this issue. I've gained so much. It sounds cliche because when I would hear these stories, as I started the declutter process of women, more women than men saying, my life completely changed after I decluttered my home. I was like, I roll. I'm so annoyed. I don't like you already. You know? <laughs> so, you know, solidarity to anyone else out there. Maybe I'll grow on you. But I think it offers anyone really exactly what they need. It impacts us all in different ways, just like healing our inner child or uncovering and healing from trauma right? It's going to, it's going to look different for everyone. For me, a big thing was my mental health, my anxiety. I used to feel constantly, oh, it was overbearing. I still remember just panic attacks and that heavy feeling in my chest. Mm. It's exhausting. And to be free from that has life-changing, right? Because I'm not focused on that anymore. I can focus on my kids on planning an outing to go to the Arboretum with my kids on, you know, planning a podcast episode. Whereas before, right, that's a constant distraction. The pain I feel, the anguish, am I going to be okay? I don't feel safe right now. I don't feel safe in my home, Hmm. which was that, that subconscious thing. I couldn't voice that at the time. It's one of those things where you say hindsight 2020. Hmm. And on top of impacting my mental health, of course, the time and energy I have to devote to other things now. I mean, again, I'm reaping the benefits of the time I spent decluttering five years ago, eight years ago, two months ago. Mm. That's amazing. Just like some people might invest money in the stock market, hoping they get a return on their investment. I might not do that as much as I should. (laughs) I'm more into like time return. We have a finite amount of time on this earth. And I know that kind of sounds depressing, but after spending a whole week with my 99-year-old grandfather planning his 100-year birthday, oh my gosh. I'm like this is insane. I can't I can't even imagine living that long. <laughs> but understanding, hey, if I don't 
And if I get to my, the end of my years, I'm going to have so much less regrets because of where I spent my time and my energy mm -hmm. and my resources. And it's never perfect. I'm not always a hundred percent focused on my kid. I'm not saying I'm the perfect wife now or the perfect mom, Sure. but life just the day to day, the minutia, all of it looks different. The 30,000 foot view is different. It's a lot mm -hmm. more sunny and bright. Mm -hmm. And the hope is there. Whereas before there was no hope. I was like, am I just going to live in a cluttered, stressful home until my kids turn 18 and move out? Right. They weren't trapped? really the problem. Sure, 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 <laughs> right? sure, sure. I was like, oh, I, I, my home wouldn't be messy if it weren't were for my kids. Nah, I call BS on myself on that one, right? Makes it more challenging, yes. But so time, energy, resources, our finances completely changed. We just got back from a two-week trip to Europe. We went to Amsterdam, Switzerland, and France, Paris. And years ago, we never would have been able to afford that because I spent easy when I look back at it, five figures a year on Amazon impulse purchase, Amazon oh shopping apps, you know, those discount apps. I was like, give it to me, give it to me. Oh I want to, again, I don't want to feel this threat in my body. My nervous system is activated. I need a distraction. Those apps were my downfall. And so finances have radically shifted and in a lot of positive ways, all these different things. And so Again, depending on where you need it, it'll it'll start to come up as you start the process. Oh, so incredible. And you also acknowledge that this ability to deal with the things worked in tandem or maybe a little bit after you had done a lot of therapeutic work around mm -hmm. the things inside, right? And I think that that also parallels for me because I've been doing this, you know, deep uncovering and, and healing work in my own self. And I used to not be able to move beyond avoidance of my closet of doom or my clutter um, because I had so much shame about it and so much self-protection coming up to make me avoid it. And so I think that you really honored this so well, which is unusual. And, and again, it reminds me of how I show up in the parenting space. We have to honor our own experience and we have to uncover the beliefs we picked up in our lived experience, usually in our homes of origin. Some of it we even picked up pre-verbal, which is insane, but true. These beliefs we store in our body about not only what makes us good and what makes us not good, but also we have a deep, deeply seated fear of feeling. Mm -hmm. And if we 100%. keep, right. And if we keep doing, we won't feel. If we keep buying, if we keep cleaning, if we keep moving, if we, I mean, I asked my mother the other day, like, what did you do with your time? You know, because I saw her constantly moving and it's an avoidance tactic because yes. we come from intergenerational emotional avoidance. I mean, pretty much all of our grandfathers served in a world war, right? Like we have deeply ingrained patterns in our families that our generation is called to break. And those of us, we're a cycle breaker community. We are a brave bunch. We are really a lot. This community knows about values and they're moving past their programming into their values. And mm -hmm. I'm so proud of us. And it is so hard and feeling safe in a feeling is the scariest, biggest mountain to climb because I want everyone to understand how when we weren't 
supported in our emotions as children. You know, our parents wanted us to get happy. They said, your anger doesn't belong here. Go away. Shut that down right now. They shut it down with threats and fear, or we were punished and, and, and put away. We had to be alone with those feelings that felt like they were going to kill us. Right. Mm -hmm. And what's really interesting too, I think I want everyone to understand as well is that when we were children experiencing those super scary, painful emotions alone, that part of our brain that registers time was not developed yet. We weren't able to say, oh, you know what? That was about the ep the amount of time of a Care Bears episode, 30 minutes. Like, I'm, I'm okay. It felt endless and timeless Forever. and eternal, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And so we, I, I hear people say, I'm not going in there. I'll never come out, right? Like if I, if I go into the grief in my body, if I acknowledge mm. this pain I'm carrying around, I will never come out. It will be endless. And so I want people to understand that that's a protector part coming up. It's not endless. Most of intense emotion actually only lasts about 90 seconds, but we can, we can do anything for 90 seconds. Right. 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 And I'm a recovering, like I used to think about my feelings and talk about my feelings a lot, but actually feeling them hmm. has been the gateway to my freedom and helps them move through my body. And so I just want to acknowledge that as a huge piece of this process that you're talking about, wouldn't you say? Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, there was definitely this, this tandem epiphany with the internal work and realizing, hey, you know, I need to do this external work as well. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, again, I wasn't really in, I wasn't, I didn't have support. I wasn't seeking support. Let me put it that way, whether it's through my partner or family or a mental health professional prior mm -hmm. to this car accident, maybe a handful of just things, but like, I really commit to it after I began decluttering. It's just the, some sub subconscious, right. As I was culling and editing and purging and feeling better, right. Some of that stuff started to come up. Oh gosh. But what if I need this again? <gasps> well, what if I have a third child. Well, maybe I should keep all of these things just in case, right? The scarcity, the the fear, the unknown, the anxiety, all this came up, which isn't unusual for me on a day-to-day -day basis anyway. And so <laughs> I was like, you know what? I think it was, again, it wasn't like a conscious, like, oh, because I'm decluttering and I'm getting stuck here, I need to be in therapy. It just happened to work out that way. And it, it just, it, it, decluttering was the catalyst that changed everything got me to understand I need support. And that's why I love being a declutter coach. I get to support all these incredible families and women and men who are wanting to simplify, but just needing some more resources and uh, support through that. Just like you and your practice. It's a really beautiful thing to be able to help people through that. Where, like you mm -hmm. said, there's information overload. You know, you can literally learn how to do anything. Go on YouTube, type how to declutter a junk drawer. You will find 800 YouTube videos on how to do that. It doesn't mean we're actually going to be able to do it, right? Because of stories, because of our nervous system, because of feelings that we have. It's it's more challenging than it than we think it should be. Sure. And then more stories come into play. And, and so, therefore there's something wrong with me, right? Like yes. that's where we go. Mm -hmm. That was, mm -hmm. that was big for me and still can be still rewriting that one. So I think just getting curious, I've learned that through therapy. I tend to be really hard on myself and my knee jerk reaction with my kids. I was 
as a lot of us were raised, it's like, how could you do that? Why would you think to do that? I can't believe, you know, that is my (laughs) internal, it's not so pleasant, right? I've had to work to rewrite that. And so when I make a mistake, when I do buy something I didn't plan to get at Target, it's like, oh, okay, well, here's maybe why I reached for that swimsuit, even though I already have 18 at home. Mm-hmm. I can, here's how I can repair, or here's what I've mm. learned from this experience, right? Mm. Because there's so much learned experience along the way, especially when our messaging and our culture is bye, bye, bye. You'll be happier if you do, you know, it's a constant, it's something you have to constantly work on and it's not exhausting to have to work on it, but it's become a part of my lifestyle. Truly. And that's such a good point, Katie. What I want to always highlight here too, is that our parents didn't know didn't know this, but without enough information, without a wise adult to integrate an experience and to say, Hey, it makes total sense that you made this natural, normal, developmentally appropriate mistake, little Katie, like I'm there. We'll, we'll figure it out together. We'll repair it. We'll get it right. You're still learning. There's nothing wrong with you. We pretty much did not get that message maybe even one time. And without that integration of that experience and without that de-shaming story, Mm -hmm. the egocentric child brain will internalize without enough information, will internalize there's something wrong with me. I'm defective. I'm not worthy of love. That is the go-to because that is our biggest fear. And without someone to proactively say, hey, it makes sense you made this mistake. I love you. You get to make mistakes here. There's nothing wrong with you. That promotes accountability and growth, right? And shame promotes Mm -hmm. self-protection. And so I just want to remind you guys like, this is why that's happening in your head. There's nothing wrong with you that you're the one that hears the voice. The voice is not true. It's an internalized voice from your lived experience trying to protect you, but it's harming you, right? And preventing you from moving into your values. And so we get to provide that wise, loving, integrating voice now of, hey, it makes total sense. You wanted to buy the latest fad and bathing suits because you're going with your girlfriends and that's what people do. And you just want to belong, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yes. it makes, right? Like it yeah. makes total sense you did that. And so we, we soothe ourselves into more openness so that we can find that alignment between our values and our actions. And you're exactly mm-hmm. right. Like we do miss the mark. That's just part of being a human, right? Like, and what do we do with that? And we do to ourselves now what we do to our children, right? Like, but we have mm-hmm. to do it for ourselves as well. Yeah. Maybe even out loud, right? Like, yes, we're healing in real time. We're all living in the same houses, you guys. Like we get to do it out loud and say, Hey, Whoa, I got real, real hijacked just there. Like I did something that I'd wish I hadn't done. And this is what I'm learning from it. And this is how I'm being kind to myself. Like what a gift to watch us do that process in real time. So just could not take that opportunity to highlight that, right? Because there's nothing wrong with you. It's not you. It's your protective patterning. Yes. And there is something you can do about it. Exactly. We are not powerless. We are powerful. We are not powerless. Yes. <laughs> Preach. Yeah, girl. Oh my God. Well, I'm so thrilled to have had you here. I love asking my guests, what are you so excited about learning right now? Like what's on the edge of your kind of learning or healing journey? What are you getting into? Where did it just lights you up right now? I am, I've had this, I guess, little 
side fire in my belly for the last few years to help support specifically um, the aging demographic. You know, my parents might refer to themselves as baby boomers, right? But they, (laughs) you know, 50s, 60s plus, those types of people have a whole separate, I mean, stuff is an issue for everyone, but they have a certain set of circumstances that just can cause a lot of roadblocks. So I'm working on creating some content specifically for those people, like my parents' age, grandparents' age. I just, I feel like... um, they really need it. And I know they do because I have quite a few of them in my, in my community. And, um, on a personal note, uh, thing I'm excited to learn about is I want to learn about Joan of Arc. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of her. <laughs> so all of a, just the other day, I'm like, I don't know. Her name popped into my head. I was like, I really would love to learn more about this woman. I haven't heard of read about her since, I don't know, fifth grade history class. And so I downloaded a book and actually Mark Twain wrote it, which I was like, what? Mark Twain is actually an avid Joan of Arc fan and like lived in France and did all this research on her. And I'm like, of all people, I, I had no clue. So I'm learning all these new things and I haven't even read the book yet. So it's new in my Audible account. I just love learning about history. And I don't know. I feel like when I'm hit with that lightning bolt, I'm like, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to move forward, listen to a book. And, you know, help people of all ages, of course, continue to with decluttering. But yeah. oh my God. First of all, your shirt is very Joan of Arc right now. <laughs> That's hilarious. It is. It's my little <laughs> shield, my little so chain. Good. What is it? The chain? You just need the chain overlay. You're wearing yes. the, un- the underwear, basically. Oh my uh, God. Yeah. <laughs> it's my protective. Yes. Wow. I mean, First of all, yeah, women in history that went against the grain and did incredible things always hear about. I'm I'm also really into Mary Magdalene right now and really fascinated with her ah, like history. Yes. But I love the little ping you're getting. Like it seems like you probably through this process also have so much more access to your intuition. Yes, I do. Very much so. Mm-hmm. Like both of those things you talked about are just this this internal knowing of this is important to me and and it's like a little breadcrumb of like go towards this thing and I can't wait to hear what what that brings and i i just oh i love it i love it okay mark twain did not know that either he was <laughs> he was incredible um also had some problematic parts of him that were a sign of the times um That's right. and then and then what do you wish every parent on the planet knew that they're not alone mm. i don't know like i'm crying as i say that mm. i think as I mentioned, just becoming a mom, it's like your world does this like 180. And even though there's another human in your house, you still feel so alone and isolated, right? You can be in a, you can be at a party with a hundred people and still feel lonely, right? That's different than just being alone. You can still feel lonely, even if you have 18 best friends and a supportive partner or whatever. And so I think realizing you're not alone and to just remember to just reach out for support because Mm. find a community. Obviously this community you're building is incredible, but community has been an integral part of why my students see success, why I continue to coach and have success as a coach and grow as a human being, right? I'm in all kinds of communities and different buckets personally and in business and all of them are community-based. It's not me on my own 
signing into a course online, those can be helpful and great and have their moment. But if you really want to see success in any area of life, parenting, I mean, books, podcasts, all these things are great, but community Mm. is really where it's at. I love that so much. And I'm, I'm interested in creating a, a collaborative course of parents that, that harnesses that neurobiology of social relational safety Mm -hmm. that we are Mm -hmm. all seeking and we all require for our own ability to be our highest and best selves. Right. I love Mm -hmm. that so much. And I also just, we are never alone also because when we really focus too on that relationship with ourselves, you know, Liz Gilbert has said, I am in relationship with myself now and I am being good to her. Right. And that Mm. is my job. And so, um, we'll keep talking about that concept too, around how relation safe relationship with ourselves, and tending to that inner child within and really patting ourselves on the back and really seeing and knowing and trusting and liking ourselves is I think what makes you feel connected wherever you are in a room of a hundred or alone mm. in your house with a baby that cannot make eye contact with you. Yes. Right. <laughs> yes. So true. It takes a couple of weeks to do that. And you're just, <laughs> do they know I'm their mother? Um, <laughs> but they do. They absolutely do. Oh, they okay. Do. You are just such an inspiration for me. And she's been such a mentor. You guys, she's like, told me what to read and I'm just following in her footsteps, same story, different details, but just the, the impact you have and the good you're doing in the world and the community you're creating for all of us moms in our homes is just so important. And I'm just so inspired and, and influenced, so influenced. I'm going to go throw away a bunch of stuff after we get off the, the phone. <laughs> That's what I know. I did my job. All right. This is amazing. Really? Thanks, thanks really? for having me in. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. Okay, we got another episode down. I hope you feel lighter. I hope you feel wiser. I hope you feel like you got a big old permission slip to choose you. Remember, when you choose you, you're ultimately choosing them. Not the avoiding you, not the numbing you, the healing you. When we change our inner reality, our external reality changes. So glad you're here. I'll see you next week.